Iowa everywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chris Williams, Chris. Chris Hassel, two guys named Chris, presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed, seedsmanship at work. Hello, happy Thursday. Welcome to Two Guys Named Chris. We are presented, as always, by our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. God, you sound amazing. Channel Seed Studios. That's because I'm in the channel. I'm in the real Channel Seed Studio. Whew. Doesn't it sound fresh? This it beautiful does. microphone. And I can tell, I can also tell that you don't have the Mediacom internet holding you down. We do not. I don't know who our provider is here, but I've got like a real... So at home, I pay for a gig and I actually get like... 50 here i got like 700 right now it's phenomenal You're just flying just bebopping and scatting all throughout this broadcast in the channel seed studios shout out to our great iowa farmers out there our friends in agriculture man i love it when y'all send us tweets you're like in your trucks you're out there just kicking ass and taking names you're planting corn you're, you're oh, you know what the, I heard this week? What? I was told by my good friend Andy Fails that there is a new number one vegetable in the United States. It had Egg been plant? broccoli. It had been broccoli for many, many years. Number one, corn. For real? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, okay. Is this the most, like, eaten? People's favorite vegetable. Ve- oh, yes. Isn't that controversial? Is corn a vegetable? Isn't it a uh, grain? It's clearly a vegetable, but it's a starch. What the hell is it? What? It's a vegetable. Matty Van Winkle's in the right? house. Uh, when I was a kid, I corn was my favorite vegetable, but my mom said it's not a vegetable. It's so. a vegetable to me. And I, I don't want to hear this, like, this shit about like tomato is not a vegetable. Tomato's a fruit. It's a fruit. Come on. Yeah. Tomato is a vegetable. It's a fruit. What are you talking about? It's nope. got a juice. Not it's to got me. Juices. You squeeze it, and a baked you, potato is a. If vegetable. you squeeze a tomato, it'll splurge all over your face. Uh, we have. It is um, mango season down here in South Florida, so we have a bunch of people bringing their mangoes to work. Jenny Dell has has brought like a they, bunch of mangoes to work. They grow they, mangoes. Yeah. Oh yeah, like I look out my window and there's just there's mango trees everywhere. And they I mean just hundreds of mangoes. How big is like a mango right freshly off the tree? Yeah. Like, okay. That's like what a I little thought. bit like this the size of maybe my face. Not quite as big as your head, but it's like almost like a softball, I would say. Yeah. Um and she's been bringing them in and they're so juicy that the juice actually leaks out of the skin and it makes them all moist so and sticky 
when you pick up a mango fresh off mm-hmm. of a tree, like the juice is seeping out of it. It's it, that d- it depends on the it depends on the mango. I mean, if it's ripe and does ready it, to go, yeah, it might seep out. If you put a knife into it, does it squirt in your eye? No, it does not. Okay. It's not that like spring loaded. Okay. The knife will just go right in. Like you could put a plastic yeah. fork in it. And but and that's how you do it. You just kind of eat it like a cantaloupe, right? Yeah, you cut it open and cut it up. You know, a mango is an aphrodisiac. I'll be damned. I didn't know that. Well, you should if you consider yourself a Seinfeld fan because that is oh, that is in Seinfeld. Well done. Much like the Hampton tomatoes going to the fruit stand. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so we are on vacation this week. We told you guys that earlier in the week. We're trying to be open about it. So this is a pre-recorded episode. I am currently in the Redneck Riviera, which is the Lake of the Ozarks. Hassel is in... Um, Greece? Where are you going exactly in Greece? Well, I don't want to give my exact location. I don't. I don't want all my fans showing up there and yeah, what, back in the vacation. What What's the worst that could happen if you told people where you're going in Greece? <laughs> like, do you think like some fanboy is going to hop on a plane and go find you? No, I think I have I have many fans in Greece that will oh okay. come down worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly. I don't really know. All I oh, know okay. is because my wife, you're gonna love this because you call me an elitist. My you wife, are an elitist. I don't usually, call you that. You are one. <laughs> my wife usually plans everything, and so I don't really know. But this time, I'm like another step removed because my wife has hired some kind of service, I guess, to help us plan it. Like even a step further, yeah. And they're going to help us on the ground. Yeah, it's not a terrible idea in a foreign country. I won't fault you for that. So all I know is we're going to we're flying into Athens. We'll see all that stuff, and then we'll mostly be out like on the coasts, Santorini and Mykonos. Those are the two places we're going. You're just going to be gyros the whole time. Oh, I'm going to have a bunch of feta cheese for for you. (laughs) Give me some of that feta. Um, so what we're doing today, we're, we're kind of doing an evergreen type show where this is so that if you're listening for any breaking news that may have happened right now, we are not available for that. We want to thank our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. I stopped off at Fairway before I went down to the Redneck Riviera, got me some, uh, cold beers, got me, we, we got our meat. We actually packed our meat in a cooler from Fairway and took it down to the Ozarks with us. This is really weird the way that you're talking right now because we... Why? Because you haven't done any of that yet. Like, as we record this, you're still you're no, in your I, studio. I, I literally went to Fairway on Thursday night to buy meat to take down to the Ozarks. Okay, so you've already done that, but you haven't yes. left... Like, I, I'm, I'm not in Greece, I'm, obviously. I'm, I am broadcasting you're, you're in your for the people on Thursday is what we're doing here. <laughs> So that, you know what? I had a really good day on Wednesday. <laughs> you know, Wednesday was a great day. I got really drunk. I'm hungover right now. So this was, this was Van Winkle's idea um, to kind of talk about like some of the crazy things we've seen in sports media during our careers, mm-hmm. which I, I had kind of a hard time with this. But then once, once some of the memories started 
surfacing, then it was like it would fuel a couple more. Are yours more like stuff that's happened to you or stuff that you've seen? For the most part. It's stuff that, for the most part, has happened to me. Because in my career, the, the crazier things have happened to me than than I've seen happen to somebody else. No, that's totally fair. Yeah. What about you? Uh, both. It's a little bit of both. Okay. Uh, I would say like three of the five are. St- I'll, I'll start with the first one. So this was. Yeah. So you're gonna um, you're gonna give. We didn't like rank them. One no, through five. these aren't ranked or anything like that. But I think and all these also, stories. I just think all these stories will like spur more thoughts and like opinions. Sure. And we asked Van Wink to get involved as well, so he has. So, so you'll go, I'll go, Van Wink will go. We'll have a little. Uh, All right, round table. Yeah, a little round table. I'll start locally here. I, I do have a couple of national ones that that I have, but so this was in. It, this would have been probably 2005 or two. No, this was 2006. So this was Dan McCartney's last year before he had gotten fired at Iowa State. And if you remember that 2005 team, Chris, it was pretty good. They, went, I think they went like seven and five or something, but they were in a bunch of close games. It's probably not record wise, but I would say it's probably the best team McCartney had. One that of, was one the of that was Brett the Meyer, year they Todd beat Blythe. Drew Tate yes. when Iowa was top ten preseason, yep. just killed Drew Tate and the Hawkeyes at Iowa State, and then the yep. the, the the tornado game later in the year. Yeah, tornado game may make an appearance on my list here, covering that okay. thing. Um, so this is 2006. This is the preseason. And I used to do the TV show with Miller and Dace. Do you remember that one? State of the State Nations. State of the Nations. That was on yeah. Mediacom. Yeah, I, I was think- living in the Quad Cities at the time, but that was on MC22, the Mediacom Connections channel. So I saw it. That show was a really big deal. If you think about it, because like all the stuff that we do now didn't exist. If you wanted mm-hmm. like hyper local analysis on college football, that was kind of the best spot to go. You couldn't. I never stream. saw you on that show though. I, I made weekly appearances what? there for a while. Doing what? Yeah. Talking, man. Analysis. Just talking about Iowa State. Was there yeah. somebody that also did the Iowa part? Yeah, I think it was Rob Howe. I think was doing the Iowa part. Huh. Uh, the only thing I remember about that was Dace and, and Miller doing their. PTI type show. Well, it's like preseason week before the kickoff and media is allowed at this time to Dan McCartney's practices, which is unheard of now. Mm-hmm. That would never happen. Matt Campbell would never allow that. Kirk Ferentz would never allow that. It's just a different time. Well, remember Iowa this past season told people that were attending the state baseball tournament that they couldn't even look over to the left <laughs> to see do not move your neck the, the the pa guy came on ladies and gentlemen please do not look to your left do not peer over into the iowa practice <laughs> facility there is a confidential practice going on if you look over there you will be prosecuted <laughs> so you're in practice yeah and afterwards like we can hear the mccarney talking to his team and everything we're waiting for mccarney to come and talk to us and dan he probably at this point honestly didn't have a clue or whatever. Like I, I knew he knew who I was, but it wasn't like we were tight or anything. He's talking to his team, telling them about how bad the media thinks they're going to be this year. 
and he and Dan's yelling at him. I was watching, I was watching Channel Twenty Two last night, and those three goddamn fat sons of bitches all think that you're gonna suck. They don't know shit about football. They're all fat. And I'm like, hey, bro, who's he talking about? He's talking about you, yeah, and Dace and Miller, yeah. Just calling us fat sons of bitches. We don't know shit about football. He's just berating me, and I'm just back there like, I'm just taking it. You know, I'm just <laughs> curled up in the fetal. <laughs> well, the legendary Dan McCarney thinks I'm fat, that I'm and an you, idiot, that I don't know anything about what At the time, you probably weighed, what, what 165 pounds? <laughs> and, like, I was also really young, so I didn't have very thin, thick skin. Like, mm-hmm. it hurt my feelings. Like, I genuinely, like, went home, and I was, like, stepped on the scale. <laughs> I was like, I need to... Read up a book, book about so football. So you were more hurt that he called you fat than <laughs> him saying that you don't know shit about football. Well, you think about yourself in that age, and you're trying to make an impact. You're trying to make a start in your career. And uh-huh. the legendary Dan McCarney is basically telling everybody that he thinks you're a effing idiot. <laughs> so there you go. That was my first like real like, oh. Okay, so when you start giving your opinion on things, like people are going to get mad about it sometimes. I I think I might have been more upset. I would have been upset with both, but I might have been more upset that that the school I'm going to because you were still a student at the time, <laughs> yeah. right? I was like a junior, like I, yeah. If I'm if I was going to Iowa State and the head, I'm covering the team, and the head coach thinks I'm just this big hack who's against the team. <laughs> That, I think that might affect me more. Well, the thing was, and then Mac would come up to you. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Shake your hand right <laughs> after it. How's, her, how's your girlfriend? How's your dad doing? You're full of shit, dude. I heard that. Hey, how's your diet? Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go here. This I'm going to go to, it would be 2013, I believe. I had, it was my first year at ESPN. And um, I was mostly doing SportsCenter. I was hosting SportsCenter and a show that was called Highlight Express that aired at night on ESPN News. And one day, one of my bosses comes up to me and says, hey, we're thinking about sending you out into the field to cover a pretty big story. So I know where this is geez, going. What, what, what? Where are they going to send me? They're like, it's, <laughs> it, it's not really tr- much travel involved. It's <laughs> a half mile down the street at the lake <laughs> where police are about to start searching for a potential gun in the Aaron Hernandez case. We want you to go stake out the lake, talk to the police, talk to the divers, and we want you to be on scene if and when they pull out this potential murder weapon in the Aaron Hernandez case. So Aaron Hernandez grew up in Bristol, where the ESPN offices are located. Which is crazy because that's not like this big area where a ton of people are from. No, no, no. It's, I, I, I don't know how many people live there. Maybe 50,000 people. Yeah. Um, 
And th- so that's where the ESPN campus is. And I'm telling you, this lake was just right down the street. It was a half mile down the street from the that's campus. That's crazy. Where yeah. they thought, authorities anyway, thought that someone involved in one of those murders <laughs> tossed a potential murder weapon, a gun, like maybe they're in their car threw it out the window into this lake or got out of the car and threw it as far as they could into the lake. This lake was not big. I mean, it was more like a pond, to, to be honest. It, it was, um, it might have been 200 yards long and 50 yards wide. Not big. So they send me out there the, fir- the first day and I'm reporting live on sport on every single sports center. I remember on the hour. This. Yeah. And like... <laughs> And you were ba- like you didn't really have updates to give, did you? Like it was kind of the no. I mean, it was really it was really difficult because nothing was really happening. They were just they were trying to figure out. Okay, at first, like where where do we search? What do we do? How do we attack this? And I'm reporting on that. And so then the first day goes by and and nothing nothing happens. And so I'm thinking, okay, they're going to bring me back in. They're, they're, they're not going to send anybody back out here until maybe they find something. Nope. They said, all right, tomorrow morning, they're going to they're gonna resume the search at 8 a.m. We want you out there until they find this gun. So they keep sending me out there. This, this goes for <laughs> days. And they are sending these divers down into this water when they can't see anything. And they're like, well, we think that he threw the gun from here and we did some tests and we think it would only have gotten, you could only throw a gun like at the most 20 yards into the pond. So we're going to search this area of the pond. And I'm telling you, every hour, Chris McKendry or Jay Crawford or or Jay Harris, we go out now live to the, the, I don't even remember what the pond was called. The pond where they're looking for the Hernandez gun. Or Chris Hassel standing by. Chris, what's going on? Well, guys, uh, right now the divers are now uh, heading out to the uh, the fifth yard of the pond. They've already covered yards 0, 1, 2, 3, and 4. They're now in the fifth yard working their way back and forth. And I, at one point I, I was on the edge of the, of the pond and I had like a big stick, a big long stick, and I like... Said, this is how murky this water is. And I stuck the stick in there. And it. <laughs> I pulled the stick out. And the stick had like all this just disgusting mud, leaves. Like there, I think there was a thong that somebody threw in there. Like so it's old, like a rural under, pond. You never gross. know what you're going to find. Yeah. Just gross. And so there, I, I'm just, I'm just oh, searching for things to say. And. These shows, these sports centers back in the day, this was before they had, you know, first take starting at 10 a.m. or whatever. The cold pizza era. This was this was after cold pizza, but this was when they had Sports Center was just on ESPN every hour from like yeah, I eight a, 7 a.m. to like 1 p.m. Yeah. And every single hour they would come back to me. Every single <laughs> hour I had to think of something different to say. And they never found anything nothing there was no moment of oh my god they might have found something oh my god there's we we have a lead now nothing and then so the last day i was like uh well they didn't find anything (laughs) 
we're, we're done here. Can I come back? And that was it. That was the the last time. What kind of feedback ESPN did you get sent me out? From your feedback bosses? was great, and it was it was great exposure. It was I, I think you were it like did. the face of that. Yeah, like, and and so I, and I was on every Sports Center show. I remember they had me on. You know, they would have me on Outside the Lines and all these other things. And I was, they thought I did a good job, and it got my face out there to all these other bosses that probably wouldn't have seen me on like a late night Sports Center. Yeah. So I, I think that helped, but they never sent me out to cover anything ever again. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I wasn't as good as I thought. After your round of investigative journalism here. <laughs> oh, God. Do you think that gun's in that pond? No. I think they would have found it. Okay. I mean, they had like, there were like 10 divers in there at a time. Was it like a rock, Corey? Like, how deep no, was it? No, it was just thing? a pond. I don't know. They they were even talking about potentially draining the pond. Jesus, seriously? Just yeah. to find this murder weapon? Mm-hmm. Never did. Never did. But didn't matter. At least he didn't That's have to crazy. go too far away. You were just yeah. yes. the that, But it was so hot. And I, I had, sh- the, like, the first day I was there in a suit because I was just going to be hosting a studio show. And so they sent me out there. And this is the middle of summer. I mean, it was like 90 degrees. And I'm out there in a suit. The whole day in the sun. It's horrible. There's a great documentary on that whole thing, though. Was yeah, that, I watched that. Did ESPN put that together? Was that HBO? can't remember. It was a good one, though. I don't remember who did it, but it is, it's good. Yeah, I think ESPN may have done it. So, What do you got for us, Maddie? So mine, mine was back in 2015. So this is when I was a photog at Channel 13. This was after you had left Hassel. This was actually mm-hmm. with your replacement, Michael Admire. Uh, <laughs> we showed up to work and was we were told to go to the Ames airport because Fred Hoiberg was oh my God. on his way to the Chicago <laughs> Bulls. <laughs> and I think this was kind of towards the end of it. There was all that drama. I remember, Chris, it was like the the tailgate tour had been going on. Jamie Pollard was answering all these questions. And everyone's that like, was where's brutal. Fred? Where's Fred? Fred wasn't showing up. And his heart. Yeah. So all these rumors were swirling around. Where's Fred? And Everybody was on that flight tracker app to see like where where are the air where are the airplanes leaving from Ames? Are they going to Chicago? Or are they going to many like where are these airplanes going? And somebody in our newsroom saw that oh there's a flight scheduled from Ames to Chicago. So they're like get up to the Ames airport. And so we hightailed it up there. And I, at this point, I was running like a, a live truck hassle. So you know they had the big van that has the big dish on it. Oh yeah. And I was I knew how to run it, but I wasn't very comfortable with it and this was before they had like backpacks where you could just throw it on and go live anywhere so we drove the van up there and get to the Ames airport there's nothing going on we don't see anybody out there we're like well this is this is dumb we just kind of wasted our day all of a sudden we see this like limo kind of pull up a big SUV pull up and it's it's Hoiberg everyone kind of runs out to the the tarmac well I've got my camera connected to the truck and it's fully oh, out, no. like the spool is all the way out. I can't get any farther. So I had like <laughs> admire just run out there and go go out to the tarmac where the plane is because they did like a little media scrum. And I'm standing back there by the fence, like a hundred feet away, <laughs> holding the camera. And admire had took the wireless microphone, luckily, and we were able to get the interview. And they took it live on the air. Oh my god! Which I didn't know we were live at all. I thought we were just like recording it because they were they were watching our signal back at the studio. Um, but I just will never forget that um, how much of a mad scramble that was. That was and just the big story that became. That was like a 
story that had been going on for like three years too. Yeah. If you think back to yeah. the Hoiberg era, like it never really got away. In fact, for the Iowa State book I'm working on, like I've talked to people about like how much that started to wear mm-hmm. just on everybody, just not knowing, like even like people on his staff, it's just like, if you think about that, like with your families and stuff and you have no idea what tomorrow is going to mm-hmm. bring, like thinking back to that, that was, uh, Ferentz, were you covering in Iowa when Ferentz was constantly being flirted with by the NFL hassle? Well, I really didn't start covering Ferentz until 06 and the the main years I think where it really was a was a possibility would have been like 06 they had a terrible year um and and then there was another uh, really small round in 07 08 um and I remember uh, I remember after a bowl game and there were there were rumors about him potentially going to maybe it was the Browns or it was somewhere Jaguars where for a while maybe Pioli was. Um, yeah. And I remember ha- I did ask him after a bowl game, like in the hallway, and he was not happy about it. I don't remember what he said, but uh, I had to do it. I it was like one of those ambushes, like he was leaving the locker room on his way to the bus or vice versa, and I was just waiting for him in the hallway by myself. Asked him about this, the off season and this job, and um, I, I, I didn't get a great answer. My uh, second story, you're a part of. It was the day that Fred Hoiberg got the Iowa State job. Remember this? Yeah, you and me were hosting. Yes. Oh, we were on in the radio. <laughs> yeah. So this is it's in like June or May. Or I don't know. Whenever it is. So Greg McDermott, it's the same day that Greg McDermott is being introduced as the head coach at Creighton. And mm-hmm. Ken Miller, uh, it was Ken Miller and Matt Peralt were doing afternoons at the time. And Ken was in Vegas for something or on vacation. And Matt Peralt at the time ran a Creighton site. So he was mm-hmm. in Omaha all day covering the Creighton news. So they asked you and me to come in and do afternoon drive that day. Mm-hmm. And... As this happens, you know, I, I'm starting what to What year would texts. this have been? Like 2010? 10 or 9? 2010. 2010 it had to be. Mm-hmm. Same year Fran got hired. So, yeah, 2010 is when it was. I'm starting to get texts like in the middle of this show, this Fred Hoiberg thing is happening. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, so, like, I'm in my own deal because I'm trying to manage Cyclone Fanatic at the time. And I didn't have another writer. Like, it was just me at that at that era. And then John Walters and Dave Zawolinski from Channel 5 break the news. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, you're good at your job. You're like, well, I can't talk about this until we confirm it and stuff. I have to get off the air. Yeah, because at that point, it was just a Walters report. Yes. From WOI. And so I remember going out into the hallway. I called Keith and, and I was like, what, what should I do? And he's like, well, we need all hands on deck at the, at the station anyway uh, to, to figure this thing out. And so he he's like, just come back to the station. And did I just leave you alone on yeah, the show? You just, you just left me alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just Sorry. like, I have to go. Peace. Good and luck. I've got, I've got another two hours left. Oh my Cause I God. think that was a three hour show at the time. It was four. What to a seven, shitty yeah. thing for me to do. I got it though. Like I didn't like resent you for it. I understood. Um, Steve young was our board op at the time. 
And Dave Z and Steve Young had like a rivalry with one another, if you remember that. Long, long what? story. Dave had a rivalry with big Steve Young? <laughs> Dave always antagonized him. And Steve just didn't like him, if I remember correctly. <laughs> <laughs> the most random sports media rivalry you'll ever find. I, I had so no idea. You leave. You just leave me there by myself. And, you know, I, the phones are blowing up. I could have done the show solo. And I line up John Walters. And John Walters is on hold. He's the guy who broke the story. He's the voice of the Cyclones. We're going to get to him next about um, Fred Hoiberg becoming the next head coach at Iowa State. It's a huge story. It's one of the biggest sports stories in mm -hmm. Iowa history. If you factor, it's the mayor, all this stuff. Come back. Matt Peralt just waltzes into the studio and it's his show and I can't really do anything. It is his show. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is not my place. I'm just this filling guy. Probably wasn't even getting paid for this. I don't remember, but I doubt I was. And we come back on and Peralt just brings us back in. This is the worst hire in the history of college basketball. Jamie <laughs> Pollard is an idiot. What is he doing? Because okay. Hoiberg had no it, th that was coached. what made it so wild. He had no yeah. experience whatsoever. Oh, okay. Let's bring on. And I'm trying to like keep this thing on the rails because Meanwhile, I have Walters is on hold. Yes. Let's bring on the voice of the Cyclones. He's the guy who <laughs> broke the story. Hey, John. And John just goes, you know what? I don't even think I want to do this interview. If all Matt's going to do is sit here and giggle at us and he's just going to make fun of us. And John basically just goes off on parole. And then Peralt's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And they just get in this huge fight on the air. And I'm like, oh, my God. Because this is like one of my like best friends in the business, mentor, John Walters. And then Peralt, who I was like friends with, but like I didn't really have any like association with him at all mm -hmm. other than I was like a guest on their show. And it turns into this iconic like deal in like Cyclone Nation lore because all the Iowa stands are like, Iowa State fans are like, yeah, fuck you, Peralt. Like, and, the, and it turns into, they all start calling him giggles from there on because John yes. mentioned, like, you're just going to sit there and giggle at us, then screw you, Matt. Like, I'm paraphrasing all this stuff. The single most awkward professional moment of my life. <laughs> I did. I will say this. Um, the interesting thing that came out of that, KXNO called me and offered me a job the next week. Van Harden did. It was like a board opping type job. And he's like, yeah, I just really appreciate how you handled that. And oh, wait a minute. Van Winkle says he has the audio from this. Let's listen. This no is, way. This is how, yeah, great pull, Matty uh, Van Winkle. Was Paul Rhodes was about ready oh, to lose his job. It, uh, he was about ready to lose his job, and it worked right there. Paul Rhodes was born. It was a, it's a John Walters, guy. voice it's of the Cyclones, ABC5. First to report this here tonight at right around 5 o'clock that Fred Hoiberg is the next head basketball coach at... Iowa State. <laughs> John, welcome to the program. Thanks for getting in touch with us. Is it true, my man? It is true, and I don't even think I'm going to bother conducting this interview if all <laughs> Matt can do is sit there and giggle and talk about what a horrible hire it is. I know he hates Jamie Pollard, and he's got an agenda against this guy, but this whoa, is ridiculous. Whoa, 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 John. Ridiculous, John, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's ridiculous. John, hold on a you second. Hold on. Look objectively at this thing. John, look, hold on a second, okay? Be before <laughs> you, you, I appreciate you coming on the radio, and, and I'm not checking, trying to make an enemy out of you, but Let's not start throwing things at me that you don't speak for me. I don't have an agenda against Jamie Pollard. Jamie Pollard hates me. I have nothing against Jamie Pollard. You I judge Jamie. Every I, I judge Jamie Pollard on Jamie Pollard's record. Okay, fine. Well, 
And and you're, you, what do you see wrong so far with the Paul Rhodes hires? Nothing. No I love it, but I think okay. he got lucky. Oh, he got lucky. <laughs> well, maybe he's going to get lucky again this time. Matt. Okay, but what style of, of basketball are you going to sell with a guy who's never been a head coach and a staff that will have five years of experience? Uh, we don't know what his staff is yet. Well, you have two guys under contract, and T.J. Osterberger is right. probably going to stay. Maybe. So we don't. This, that's all spec. We have no idea what his staff's going to be. Nick Nurse has 13 years of coaching experience. If he's on that staff, I've got a lot of confidence in Nick Nurse's wow. ability as a coach. Fred Hoiberg is a very wow. crazy Nick that Nurse. Is, that's wow. How about that wow. staff? <laughs> Dude, this is like the Matt, just you playing that made me feel so awkward. Like, I don't want to relive that again because I remember the feeling of being on the mic that day and I was Giggles. just like, Your voice. Sounds like you're yeah, it's funny how how um, your, your voice is so much deeper now. Yeah, I've used it a little bit over the years, but no, honestly, like I have like a visceral feeling when you that's play that. That's a great audio. story. That's a great. And I remember listening to that live on the radio. I wonder what Kicks and those like fifteen minute rating was right there. Like it yeah. had to be just through the roof because Monstrous. again, during that era, nobody's doing live stuff like this or podcasts. You just mm-hmm. you just turn on the radio because you want reaction. That's a great story. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So we're doing uh, some of our top stories, things we've witnessed or have happened to us during our time covering sports media. Where am I going next? I'm going to go. I have a couple hotel room stories. (laughs) Here's, Here's one of them. Uh, Outback Bowl 2008. I'm not going to name the person I had to share a hotel room with. But I had to share a hotel room with someone on this trip. This was when Iowa smoked South Carolina in the Outback Bowl. It was the Sean Green year. The great finish yep. to that year. They, they beat number two Penn State at Kinnick in an all-time great game. So I'm, I'm at the Outback Bowl covering it. I think it's the first bowl game I had ever covered. And at the time I didn't drink at all. So I'm coming back, you know, I'm working and I'm coming back and I'm, I'm not like going out and drinking. I'm not going out and partying. And I think we were at the media hotel where everybody was having a good time. Well, local TV is even cheaper now, but, but back then it was, it was just as bad for me on a couple of these trips. So I had to share a hotel room. There was only one bed and the person I was staying with would not allow me to sleep on that bed with him. So they had to roll in a cot, which for you, this is terrifying. Yes. They had to roll in a cot and like squeeze it into the corner. So I am, it's probably, I don't know, 11 o'clock. I go to bed on my cot. The person I'm staying with is either going down to the hotel bar or going somewhere, going out to, you know, for a few hours probably. So I go to sleep. I wake up 
to two girls. The, the lights are all on. Look, at two girls pestering me on my cot. Hey, wake up. Hey, hey, he's sleeping. And so I'm like, what the, what the fuck? And I, I, and I see. I, huh? I'm just trying to, in my mind, guess who your roommate was. I think I can know just by the yeah. two women being there at this hour. I'm not going to say who it is. <laughs> um, so I look up and I see one. Of them, I'm like, Fuck, leave me alone. Jesus Christ. And then they, they start jumping on the bed. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? They're throwing pillows at me. And the other guy is there, too. Like, he came in with these girls. And, and so I open my eyes and I look at, at them. They're twins. Oh, my. Jackpot. They're fucking twins. <laughs> so I pull the covers over my head and try to fall asleep through the giggling, through the... They're on the bed. They're on were the they, bed. Were they having sexual relations? Not. not I, I, I don't know what happened after I fell asleep. I'm a, I'm a deep sleeper. So I was able to like get back asleep. With these two girls in the room on the bed with someone else. And the next day, it's one of the reasons why I went to bed early is the next day we were leaving. Early flight. Early. And <laughs> wake up and the guy's like, wow, what a night. What a night. <laughs> the, the girls were gone. We go to the airport. We're standing in the TSA line and he's like oh shit the twins are on the same flight oh my god as us and I think they're with their parents <laughs> and they don't look anything like they did at midnight I mean no makeup I mean it, it, it was a goes. disaster were they so sure from enough, Iowa they, Huh? They were, I, yeah, they're, they were Iowa fans. Yes. Oh, okay. But they flew back. I think we were on. I think we were on like the Hawkeye Nation charter from with John Miller, <laughs> and they're on this charter on our flight. And I'm just thinking, oh my god, these these. And they, and they didn't say anything to me. They were probably all hungover, and who knows what happened in the bed. I never found out. Like, actually, I did. The the one piece of information I found out. Was that one of the twins left? The other one spent the night. Oh, okay. So I don't know if there was some kind of falling out, but uh, that was um, what a deal. God, I was just I was just pissed. I just wanted to sleep. And these they You're were the only like dude in your twenties where hot twins comes into your hotel room at midnight and you're mad about it. <laughs> you're the only guy I know who would be like that. Well, Maddie, I was already married got? at the time. Yeah. Hassel, you probably have some There's, good that's RV. That's a good reason. You probably have some good RV TV stories, don't you? Oh yeah. If you got any of those coming Jeez. up, but I had the chance to go on one RV TV 2015, and this was actually the very last like possible moment of RV TV. It was during the Cyhawk game, halftime. So the game was like a th was it at three o'clock, three thirty? So halftime was like right during when the news hit. So they sent me out with Murph to go do a live shot from the parking lot outside of Jack Trice with just a game update. So we got the camera ready, 
about to go live, and these two drunk girls walk right behind our live shot. And you've probably seen the video of yep. the girls doing yoga, dancing behind Murph that went viral. That was eight years ago now? That was eight years ago. That made, and like, was, awful announcing and stuff, didn't it? Wow. It, it went, it's on the, all these, like, TV news bloopers. It's mm -hmm. like every whenever you see Keith on the uh, – yeah, it's – it's what he's known and for. She was, I guess, yeah, nationally. she was doing like weird dances behind him, and Keith never knew. Did you not? Did, oh, I knew what was going on. Keith had <laughs> no idea. What, what I was, that was like for you because I, you don't want to. He's on right, the air. Right. You don't want to so distract great. him. I kept doing this, just like get out of the way, and I was mad. I was at the time. I was furious. I was pissed because you know I'm a photo. I'm a, I'm a professional. Uh -huh. I don't want anyone screwed up my live shot for that's your for job, Murph especially. Yeah. Um, and afterwards, these girls are just staying there laughing. And he's like, what happened? And he could all Jody was like laughing in his, in his <laughs> IFB in his ear. and was like, what what went on? What was going on during that live show? Why were you guys laughing? Why were you shooing somebody? I'm like, you're just going to have to watch the video when oh we get back. God. <laughs> and everything That's good. from there just blew up. It was it was a good moment. It was funny. And after I can laugh at about it now. But at the time, I remember yeah, that was hilarious, though. I actually had she to do so two drunk. live shots. I had to do was, a live shot for a reporter and then flip around and do Murph, and these girls were just <laughs> loitering, hanging out. It was that was a funny one, one, too, because it was like the girls were, they, were, they weren't like obscene. No, it was right. innocent. It was just They weren't obstructive. Annoying. They weren't like no. touching Murph. Like, it was just funny. Like Yeah, I feel it. like, I mean, they were pretty far behind Murph. Like They were probably 20 feet. Yeah. So he couldn't, he didn't, he had no idea what was going on. And he was on screen the whole time. They weren't showing highlights. So literally it was just Murph and these girls doing like leg lifts and all kinds of funny stuff. So I'll, I'll get you my third one here soon. I want to thank our friends at Hinterland, Iowa, our, our partner of the month here in the month of June. Uh, bon Iver, Zach Bryan, Maggie Rogers, August 4th through the 8th, hinterlandiowa.com. Get your tickets now. What a cool event that we have for our state gotten to be buddies with sam matt is as well who who puts this show on we're lucky to have it just south of des moines in st charles so get your tickets today at hinterlandiowa.com my uh next one my first job out of college i'm working down in shenandoah um small town radio but we had two stations we had a royal station we had a cardinal station that were affiliates and they wanted me to go down so i spent like a week in Surprise, Arizona with the Royals, and then I spent a week with the Cardinals in uh, Jupiter, wow. Florida. The Shenandoah radio station sent you down to cover spring training? Yeah. Wow. Both of them. It was awesome. It was a really great experience. And I remember this was really my first job that was outside of Iowa State, right? So like, I had either done Iowa State or preps. Uh, other than the stuff that I had done for Keith during my internship, but that was pretty much all the same stuff too. Mm -hmm. And my boss basically told me, he's like, Hey, cause I was, I was nervous. Like I had never been around a MLB clubhouse. I didn't know how to conduct myself. I have two stories from this Cardinals trip. And the first one is he, he tells me and it was really good advice. He said, Hey, when you go down there, Act like you belong. Like that's the number one. And that's great advice to any young person who wants to get into this business. When you ask Matt Campbell a question, ask it with authority. Don't be oohing and on, none of that crap. Like, you know, have some stature, ask the question. And Tony LaRusa is the manager. 
for St. Louis, if you guys remember at this time. And so I did. And I walked in there and I remember, like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I read a bunch of Cardinal stuff before media availability that day as I'm trying to piece together a bunch of stuff. And I, you know, I stick my microphone up in Tony La Russa's face and I'm in the swarm. And you, with the MLB media, it's the same guys, right? It's like, I, they're all like, who's this guy? I ask a question. Uh, yeah, uh, Mr. La Russa, uh, seems like you're going to have some problems with your rotation this year. Your rotation's not. And he looks at me stone cold and he goes, who the fuck are you? No way. <laughs> oh uh, I'm God. Chris Williams, KMA Radio in Shenandoah, Iowa. <laughs> and then that same day, that was the day that Drake lost to Western Kentucky in the NCAA tournament. Oh, yeah. And our second media availability on that same day Larusa made a so his like best friend I guess was like Bobby Knight, which would make sense that those guys would like each other. We had to stand in Larusa's office. He was sitting there watching this little TV at his desk. He's got his legs kicked up. He's like I don't know what he's doing. He acting like we didn't even exist, and he's watching Bobby Knight's NCAA tournament game, and we all had to stand there and watch him watch oh the game God. until he would grace us with his presence. This is all on the same day. But yeah, Tony LaRusso asked me who the fuck I was. It's one of my highlights of my career. Boom. Damn. You know, Tony, is, I, you know, I've been, I've been studying the, the, the rotation and your stats, and uh, it just seems like you're going to have a real problem with that rotation this year. <laughs> <laughs> and what year was that? That was 08? That would have been. They yeah, were. Wait. That was kind of in the middle, right between the two World Series runs. Yeah, no, they were a really big deal at the time. On the same note, Adam Wainwright is the single nicest guy I've ever. Oh, that's good to hear. Come across. I also. Um, this will have to be off the pod someday. But there's a major MLB star who's. I was in the clubhouse and I was doing an interview. Mm-hmm. You know, how clubhouse goes. It's like I'm doing my interview. And there's a major, and he came out of the shower, and mm-hmm. he had a incredibly large um, situation going on. It's always, and I was, you know, I was it's within always like a the large ones. Like you never hear anybody say, you know, and he in this he came out of the lo- and he came out of the shower, and this guy had the tiniest wiener I had ever seen. It's this always thing. because those guys are covering up. No, this thing was like a fire hose that almost hit me in the face, <laughs> swinging around. <laughs> I'm not saying this story on the air because it would go viral, but it was a moment I'll never forget. I'll have to get that name off the air. Uh, I, I, I don't know if we're going to get to all five of the ones that I, I wrote just down. Quick. So, so about. I'm just going to go with the one that I had ranked number one. Which is a story that I know you're, you guys are aware of that I've probably told before, but it's the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. And it was Iowa, Michigan State football. <laughs> oh, yeah. 2009, when the Hawkeyes were undefeated and it was getting late in the year and they were in the top five and playing at Michigan State a night game. And I'm there covering the game. And everybody, every other station from Iowa is there too. This is in East Lansing. And it's it's the game that ended with the Marvin McNutt touchdown in the final seconds. Iconic game, yeah. 
one of the biggest plays in Hawkeye history. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm there I, and I'm there shooting the game. Um, I, I had a camera and our photographer had a camera and I'm, I'm there to shoot the game and uh, report on it. And this guy from Michigan State had been just, you know, really, um, I don't know what the word is, abrasive throughout the game, like telling all the Iowa media, like where they need to be and where they can't go and get the hell out of the way. And he was, he's been yelling at people. And so this is already kind of on my radar that this guy has been like really mean to, to a lot of us. And after the game, it's, it's such a crazy ending that Iowa like storms the field after the game. There's a big dog pile. We're all running out on the field with our cameras, getting this celebration video and got the microphone We're we're talking with players and they're like, yeah, we did it. We did it. Yeah. Well, still undefeated. And I remember I, I was talking with Adrian Claiborne. I was interviewing him and he was walking off the field and I'm backpedaling. And all of a sudden I just get shoved. And this guy from Michigan's dead. He's like, oh, get that. It's the same guy. He's like, no fucking interviews on the field. God damn it. And he, he gets in between me and Claiborne, pushes me away. Claiborne doesn't give it. Like he, he just keeps walking. Like he's, yeah. and, and, but I lose the interview. I mean, it's right in the middle of this, his, his response. And, and I'm like, dude, what, what, the, what the hell is your problem, man? And he's like, that's a rule here. No fucking interviews on the field, motherfucker. And I said, what? Jesus Christ, come on. What, you're just sore because you lost. And he, I had a lanyard around my neck with my credential on it. He grabs the credential and rips it off my chest. And the lanyard, like, it's like a rope lanyard, yeah. burns my neck. And so it hurt. You should have sued him. Well, I should have just turned around and walked away. I didn't. <laughs> so I have the camera on one shoulder, and I have the microphone in the other hand. And so my hands are... are I don't have a hand free or else I might have punched him. So I went up to him and I headbutted him right in the face. <laughs> and he fell down. <laughs> and I knew right then, Jesus, that was not the right thing to do. So I'm just trying to get the hell out of there. I turn around and I'm really close to the tunnel and I'm walking in to start my post-game stuff, cop comes up behind me, throws me up against the wall, makes my camera fall, my, and he handcuffs me. I'm in handcuffs. Um, who's your photog? Trent. Okay. Trent Reichs was there with me. Yep. Who's, I think, still there at Channel 13. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. So I am I'm a there really nice guy, so he's super yes. nervous at this point. Everybody's yeah. walking by me from the Iowa media, sees me in handcuffs including Dave Zawalinski, who's working for WOI Channel 5 at the time. He's texting his station. He's like, this is great. We're going to have the exclusive because Hassel's in handcuffs. They're not going to have any of this post-game stuff. Dave's and, the only asshole that would react oh, that yeah, way, too. Yeah. Like, any of the rest of us would be like, oh, shit, man, Chris is in handcuffs. We got to do it. Dave, like, even though he's your friend, it would be the only one celebrating because he's going to oh, get yeah. a scoop. So 
I immediately calm down because I know I've got to get out of this. Like my job's on the line here. And so I'm just standing there against the wall for 10 minutes. And finally, once everybody kind of files off the field, the cop goes to this guy. What, what, what do you want to do here? And the guy's like, oh, God damn it. Just fucking let him go. Just let him go. Let him do his job. Get him out of here. And so they get, they had to get my information and I said, okay, so are, are we, are we okay? And I apologized to God. Like, I'm so sorry. I never should have done that. And the cop said, you need to call this number on Monday and check in with the police. So I end up going, I go do the live shot in five minutes <laughs> after I get on hand. I do the live shot. I'm live on the air. I go in, I do all the post game stuff. I get everything on the air. Everything's fine. Meanwhile, Dave Zawalinski is up in the press box waiting for ABC Saturday Night Football to end because his show would be delayed mm -hmm. because they, they wouldn't go on until the game's over. Well, the game, so he's watching the TV here in East Lansing and the game's in the fourth quarter. It's a blowout. I don't know who was playing. He's like, well, I've still got more time. I've got more time. I've got more time. Unbeknownst to him, WOI and Des Moines had cut away from the game to go to their local broadcast because it was such a blowout. Eric Murphy's frantically trying to get a hold of Dave to send his shit. He can't <laughs> oh get a hold God. of him until he's walking to the set. That's karma. Gets a hold of Dave. Hey, what's up? I'm, I'm finishing up here. I'll be uh, heading to the live truck to send it in just a little bit. Eric's like, I am walking to the set to do the sportscast right now. It's too late. You fucked up. They didn't get, Dave didn't get anything on the air that night. Nothing. <laughs> And I, I don't did. think I'd ever heard that part of it. So I call on Monday and they said, well, as of right now, you're good. No charges were filed, but there is a 10 year statute of limitations. <laughs> so technically nine and a half years from now, it could bring charges here. And so I, I held my breath and nothing ever happened. Thank God. And for a guy that, with... An anxious guy like you, like that was probably hard. Oh, I could, and it was such a stupid thing to do. But my hands were t like maybe I, may, I might have just like shoved him is what I probably would have done. But since I didn't have my hands, yeah, dude, all I had was my tone. head. Yeah, I was wearing a stocking cap, so I thought like that would cushion the blow. It wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> you didn't think you'd drop it? <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, but I, I think the him best for part of the story is that not. Zavolinsky after yes, being such that's, a that's dick. the icing on the cake. And, and we gave him a ride to the game. He rode with us in our channel 13 van. <laughs> and so he, he has to ride back with us. He has to ride back contentious? with us. Well, he was just like. Like Walters was calling him like, what the hell happened? How did you not get anything? It's like you were texting us. I told the GM that we were going to have the exclusive and you got nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> it was hilarious. But then I had to like tell, I had to call Andy and Keith and my parents and be like, this is what happened. Everything's okay, I think. But it was. Oh my God. I was I can, extremely lucky and thankful because that was a really dumb mistake by a dumb young person. I was like 24. I can feel the Keith Murphy talk you got. Oh God. It's like educate. It's kind of like 
Bob Saget at the end of Full House where the music comes on at the end. Uh-huh. But you and know, that's Keith. He's teaching my, you a lesson, but he's very gentle. My news director and my GM loved it. They loved it. Like, yeah, fuck yeah. You show them. You, you, just, you, it, you did what you needed to do to get the job done. We it love does it. piss me off when, especially now, when money's so tight in media. This is not an easy business to do, especially when you're independent like we are. And when you spend thousands of dollars to go cover something and they want to restrict your access, sure. like it yeah. really pisses you off because it's what are we doing here? Like, what, what are we, do you value mm-hmm. us that little that we would come all the way here for five days and hotels and meals and all this stuff, and then you're going to not give us any access? Like, it really pisses you off. I would be the same way if I were you. It's like, what are we doing here? If we can't do an interview, like, why, why do I have this thing around my neck? Yeah. But I don't think you would have headbutted him. No. <laughs> And that the would only have been my reason I, I got, he ripped that lanyard off and it burned my neck and God, and it was your reaction. And it was in such a huge moment too. So my adrenaline, like at the time I am witnessing the greatest win in Hawkeye history because this is this magical, perfect season. And so my adrenaline is off the charts. And then that happened and it was just it was it was just a confluence of uh a lot of energy and i'm young yeah and it was just it was a good lesson and thank god i was able to learn that lesson without losing my job yeah because that could have easily happened it's and just too bad it wasn't on video just too bad trent wasn't filming it I know. I, I can't believe that no one had the video of that. Well, with all those cameras really out have, there. Yeah. Nobody really was doing the cell phone video thing. No, that was that before. Time. Yeah, I don't even know if I had an iPhone at the time. I probably still had my BlackBerry. Um, the last one I'll I'll share is not. It's not funny. I just. It's a moment I'll never forget. It was in the last five years when Cyhawk basketball. Iowa State wins in Hilton, and my buddy Randy Peterson got like trampled by the oh my god storm, and he broke his leg, and it was really bad, and like it was crazy because it's like whatever our listeners think of Randy's work, like whatever, like but he he's like a staple. It's like when you go to an Iowa State thing, like he's just kind of there. He's always sitting in the front row. He's like our guy, like. He asked the first question. You just, it's out of respect. You let Randy have the mic, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's, how I, that's how I do it, at least. And like, we're all starting to hear that Pete is in an ambulance and he broke his leg and it's really bad and like he got trampled. And you know how like information spreads. Like, all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, is he going to live? And um, Jesus. But I, I just like, I couldn't even work. Like, I, I literally like, stopped doing everything and went and tried Did to you find see it, it. happen like no because i was already back like i i tend to try and beat the crowd and stuff like that and the, and the game was you knew iowa state was going to win it wasn't like a last second shot mm-hmm. but that's just a moment i'll never forget it's not there's nothing funny about it, it just because then we had to go and do this this press conference and like none of us knew like randy's like state Jeez. and like did they get him to the hospital 
his wife was sick with cancer at the time. So we're all just like, mm. we care about him, you know? And like, it was mm-hmm. like a human thing. And it was like, I didn't think he was going to die or anything like that, but it didn't really like asking Steve Prom a question at the time. Didn't really feel like it was a, <laughs> you know, that important either. Sure. So it, that was just a really weird moment that I'll never forget. And thank God he was okay. But man, that was, that was brutal. Uh, well, we can't end on that, so I'm going to give one yeah. more. Give me one more. And it also has to do with the hotel room. Oh, boy. Yes. And I'm with the same person that I was with in the other hotel room, but this is a different year. We, for some reason, got stuck in Memphis. I think we were like connecting through Memphis for, for whatever reason. And I don't remember why we get stuck there. And so we have to go to this hotel and we're checking in. We're just going to stay overnight because we, our flight was going to be the next morning. And again, we're staying in the same hotel room. (laughs) So they, they give us the keys. We go up, stick the key in, open the door. And it was weird because the lights were off, but the TV was on. And we looked in and we're like, well, and nobody said anything. And then all of a sudden, a young boy, probably 10 flips out from like because we could see like the edge the foot of the bed you know how we you can you walk into a hotel room you can't see the whole bed it's you like it's like the foot of the bed we see the covers ruffle a little bit all of a sudden out pops a 10 year old boy who's completely naked (laughs) (laughs) and he he runs into the bathroom He's just it would have been weird enough place. with the ten year old boy being naked is like on top, like runs into the bathroom, slams the door. No one else is in the in the room. There's nobody else. So so we're like, oh my god, we're getting the hell out of here. Shut the door. We go back to the front desk and we're like, um, there's a naked boy in our room. <laughs> and they and they're like, well, what what room did you go into? And we're like, uh, room three twenty four. And they're like. Oh my God. Oh no. Oh no. It was supposed to be 224. We were supposed to give you 224, 324. It's a, it's a, it's a family. And uh, <laughs> so we had gone into somebody's room. The parents probably went out for dinner or something. The boy is he, hanging back. Why was he? Has some time to himself. <laughs> Who knows He's what he might've been doing underneath those covers by himself. And in, he probably thinks it's his parents coming in, you know? Oh, and then he sees just two random dudes. It's just these two 20-something <laughs> dudes. God, I wonder the story that he tells, or maybe he doesn't tell the story because he's ashamed of it, but we I thought uh, we were walking into something crazy. After you guys stopped doing the RV thing on RV TV when we actually stayed in hotels. Yeah, when I was on. doing it. When I was doing it, I had to sleep in that damn RV. I had to sleep. There was a bunk bed in the back of the RV one year. I had to sleep on that bunk bed with the ice Borg, Zach Borg. You remember him? <laughs> I, I do. I don't remember what 
I don't remember what town we were in. It was some small town. We get there at about 10 o'clock at night. It was probably later than that. And we're all ready to have some beers. You know how that goes. And they're giving out like the room keys or whatever. And I walked into my room and like, it looks like it just like a tornado had gone through this thing. And like the beds are like flipped up on their side and like there's just sheets everywhere. <laughs> and I go back and I was like, well, turns out there was like three of us that had the same, same situation. What? So like there was like one half of this hotel that basically they were like fumigating for like fleas oh, or like God. some sort of a pest and they had given us the wrong room codes. Well, oh, Jesus. if that would have happened to you, you would have lost your mind. Like, I don't know if you would have stayed at the hotel because you're thinking like, oh, well, this is a flea infested hotel. But it looked like a murder oh. scene. Is what it did because like everything's like wrapped up and like there plastic. are a few things worse than a bad uh, hotel or motel in those small town ones too. It's like oh my uh, god when when I I went on a golf trip a couple years ago with my best friend from high school and he set everything up and just went the the cheapest route possible and we're at this like motel off the interstate in Podunk, Alabama. Hotel room is like forty dollars a night. It's thirty nine ninety five per night, and there's four of us staying in one room. And I go in there. the The bed has cigarette burns all over it. the The shower curtain has blood on it. Disgusting. There's pubic hairs sprinkled all over the shower and the toilet. I it's called like my wife, and I was I almost left. I almost left and went home. I think the only person that wasn't weirded out by the fumigation process slash murder scene at this hotel was Ed Wilson. I think he was fine with it. <laughs> Ed'll roll with anything. I think he was cool with it. You Ed's you said cool. you know what we're gonna do this. Uh, you know, Van Wink's got this good idea. Top top story. Top five stories that that we've um, we've seen covering sports. And you said, you know, we're going to keep it to 40, 45 minutes. We're at an hour and five minutes. Oh, and we could. Matt didn't even finish his. Yeah, we didn't even get through. I didn't expect all of them. the stories to be about naked people in hotel rooms, but here we are. It's fun. We made yeah, Matt's telling I, I innocent stories about somebody dancing behind a live shot. I didn't even get to the tornado game. Well, save that for a future pod. That's a good story. Yeah, well, yeah. The, that's the one of the craziest days. The craziest part about definitely. that was the very first Iowa State football game I ever went to. Seriously? And you know what it was as well? That was the game Bloom got to call for winning that yes. sports <laughs> announcer contest. That got him in the door. That that game alone helped me develop a pseudo friendship with Joel Klatt from Fox. Because every time I see him in Dallas now, like we just are. All, I always give him shit nice. about the. He's he's hilarious because he was a really good high, or college quarterback, and he says that that's the one game that haunts him the most. Really? His entire career was that that game. We always give him shit about it. But the the tornado that what? passed through there went right behind oh. my house in Ames. Jeez. There were multiple tornadoes that day too. Like that was a freaking crazy. That was in November. Yep. We'll yeah. do that some other time. It was one of the last crazy. games of the year. In fact, yeah. it might have been the last game. It was like rivalry week because I remember like yeah, like in college football. It was like close to Thanksgiving. Because I I won the Iowa side and I thought that Bloom was calling his game the same day as me when I did I did the Iowa Minnesota game, which was the last game of the season. Yeah, it always is. Yeah, 
good stuff. Hmm. Well, um, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope we were able to entertain you despite being like, you know what? This will probably be a very popular show, I think. We should probably what do, do you stuff think, like what do you, this Williams, more. what do you think you're doing right now in the Ozarks? It's Thursday at 8.30. Oh, you're sleeping, for sure. No, I'm up. Really? I'm up. I'm oh, drinking coffee. You, you've got the I'm, kids down there, right? Yeah, I'm up with Elise drinking coffee, reading my iPad on a deck. Okay. That's what I'm doing right now. Well, it, what and time then I'll, is I'll it start, in? I'll start drinking. I'm in Greece. I'll start drinking whiskey in about 30 minutes from now. <laughs> I'm in Greece, and it's probably, well, it's nighttime, right? I mean, it's at least late afternoon. So I'm probably. You're, you're eating a gyro. With the fate of with, cheese. Fate of cheese, yep. Fate Appreciate you all. What is, what is fate accompli? Is that to, does that have to mm, do with fate of cheese? I don't even know what that means. I don't know. We might have to cut that out of the podcast because it's probably not good. Um, going to get us canceled. Fate Thanks to Circus Sports as well. Uh, shout out to those guys. We appreciate Channel Seed. Get those Hinterland tickets. Thanks to our friends at Fairway. Matt Van Winkle, great oh, idea I, on the I show. I just found it. I just found it. A thing accomplished and presumably irreversible. Fait accompli, Ooh. which would be like if you got that vasectomy for real, but you didn't. Correct. Appreciate you all. Uh, share this one. Rate, subscribe, review, do all that good stuff. And we'll be back live coming up next week. Have a good one. Iowa everywhere.